0: Sunderland just started sprinting down the right. Ronaldo had a look, didn't consider that the best bet. Firmino slide rule through to Salah, and Salah scores. That was Liverpool at their clinical best. Super pass, placed to perfection, the positioning and the pace of it, and it's a smart finish from Mo Salah too. That would have felt good.
1: Those chances have not been hit in the back of the net of late. But that was as clinical and as precise as you'll get.
0: Scored in the third round against Aston Villa's kids. Scores in the fourth round at Old Trafford to get this fourth round tie really sparked. Yeah. Tiago. Liverpool well on top at the moment. Milner, Firmino, Wijnaldum with the bounce back. And Firmino loses out to Pogba and then seemed to take him out. But the advantage is with Manchester United here. Rashford running. Milner's missed it, here's Mason Greenwood who's in, and he scored. What a ball in it was, from Marcus Rashford over the top to Mason Greenwood. And that's a fine, confident drive past Allison to level things up. It's the ball that just teases James Milner, it's
1: inches over his head, and thankfully for United, it falls to one of the best finishers at the football club in Mason Greenwood.
0: Greenwood and Williams has missed it and that means that Rashford is in it's Rashford against Alisson and he's made the finish look so easy what a start to the second half for Manchester United it's a big
1: mistake from Reece Williams can't afford to be doing that when you've got players like Marcus Rashford behind you and he sticks it away with real confidence just opens up his body and slots it beautifully
0: Manchester United have the lead Ronaldo, Thiago. Firmino went for it, Milner's got it, Milner gambled, and he got in, and he nearly equalised. Should score, he swings
1: his leg at this, I think he might have more time than he thinks he does.
0: Liverpool come again straight away, Firmino, Milner, Salah! Now it's 2-2, Liverpool switch themselves back on, and get back into the FA Cup tie, a double for Mohamed Salah.
1: United trying to play out of tight areas. You mentioned Firmino, when he comes to life in those little pockets, those areas when it really matters most in the final third things go well for Liverpool and yet again puts the ball into a dangerous area it's a great finish on Mo Salah
0: That's Firmino Fred gets involved straight away but Firmino strong enough to see him off and look at Liverpool fly it is Salah, Salah in for the hat-trick and stopped by Henderson but
1: Firmino at his best again there I'm just thinking can you spare it now to Mane can you get it to him really
0: good save from Dean Henderson looking for Cavani it's hit the hand of Cavani who was down and he felt he'd been pulled down and that's what Craig Paulson has seen as well
1: Cavani just uses his experience just feels something and goes okay I'll use that
0: go down almost undoubtedly going to be Bruno Fernandes it is quite magnificent. That is pinpoint perfect from Bruno Fernandes, and Manchester United lead again.
1: Usually, it's any time keeper gets done on his side. You'd have to blame the keeper, but the accuracy, the precision, the the pace he puts on it, Fernandes. Absolutely brilliant.
0: Bruno Fernandes looks for Cavani that would have done it what's
1: about that from Fernandes that's an absolute yep. joke of a ball that is honestly just gets his head up and goes there you go go and hit that
0: seconds to go the referee's just had a look at both watches and it is Manchester United who go through to round five of the FA Cup it looked as though Liverpool were on top after Mo Salah equalised just before the hour but on came Bruno Fernandes what a free kick Manchester United three Liverpool two
2: Hello and welcome to the St Martins Football Show. We're on today's show, we'll be looking back at the FA Cup Round 4 that didn't involve Cardiff but involved the other three teams, Tottenham, Man United and Arsenal. We'll be joined then by Lloyd Bounds, Max Noon and um, Travis Normal, Moan Alex. We'll start on Friday then, as Chorley played at home to Wolves, looking to uh, cause an upset and tell you what, they were the better team as well, they had... um, I think they had nine shots. Wolves only had one and that turned into a goal for Virginia um was it thirty yards curving uh, curving strike into the the top corner pass the keeper. Chorley were they unlucky, Alex?
3: Yeah, I thought they played pretty well to be fair. I thought they were they were very unlucky. Um they, they just again on another day they would have beaten Wolves definitely. But um if they played to the Wolves. I thought they played quite a strong team. So credit where credit's due. And I, I think probably on the whole they took the chances and surely didn't
2: and there was a lot of talk about whether the game would be on or not because it was, um, you know, waterlogged pitch and snow on the pitch they'd had in a week. And then I think in the third round when they played at home to Derby, they actually had the groundsman sleep on the pitch underneath the covers to make sure he was um, all ready to go. But how good is it to see a non-league team get around for them?
3: Brilliant, absolutely. And, and, and what Wolves did, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. With the um, with the COVID situation, they weren't allowed to swap shirts, etc, cetera, et cetera, And they took um, each player took three shirts with them and, and, and donated them all to each of their Chorley players. And I think another kit they donated to the club so they could raffle off. I thought that was a really, really lovely touch.
2: Yeah, and I think you know, for non-league clubs and even League One and Two, some of them and Championship teams like Derby, they are struggling to pay their players and and so on. So it was a very good touch and i think marine um tottenham did the same series to marina as as well um in the in the third round then on saturday then there was loads of games in the morning the first game was involving um lloyd's team arsenal losing away at southampton 1-0 um wasn't a really strong arsenal team but it was a very strong southampton team lloyd disappointed uh
4: so I, I wouldn't really say disappointed, it was quite expected of the team we put out. And looking at the Southampton team, they put out. And like You look at their team, they basically had, well, they started 11, when about two players. And one of them was a uh, the goalkeeper instead. And so we rotated massively. And so we, we played like, we played Nicolas Pepe, Willian, Eddie Nketiah, Uh players like that. Uh, so we went, we went in with a rotator team. So, we, we clearly expected them to rotate a bit as well. But then they just went full force on us. So, it's, it's not really a surprise we lost.
2: Um, but obviously, you've got Southampton um, tomorrow now in, in the league. Do you think Arteta was right in putting a, a strong team out in the, in the league? Or do you think maybe he should have taken a Southampton approach and put them out in both strong teams?
4: Uh, I, I think Arteta was right, really. Like, you, you look at like counter position in the league. Like, like we're good three points off actually, like going up the table. So it, it's a very key game for us. And I, I think he was right. And it, it's also not really exactly like he played an insanely weak team against Southampton. Like, that's still a very capable team to win. Like, we we played William and Pepe with £72 million pound signing and someone who's won about £150,000 a week. Like, that team is still very capable and definitely could have got results.
2: Yeah, but for Southampton on the other end. On the other hand, sorry, um we'll talk about some some of the other teams that could possibly win it. But Alex, you said, um, you know, you said before, and obviously you went on our last show, and it proves with Arsenal that you know you think top. Okay, Southampton are you know a big team in the Premier League towards the top. But do you think maybe that? Premier League teams this year have taken the cup a bit more serious, obviously we saw Man City in round three play a strong team we saw Chelsea done it in the both rounds Man United obviously did it against Liverpool, Liverpool did it against Villa and Arsenal did it fairly in the third round, do you think the Premier League teams are taking it more seriously, the big six would you say? It,
3: yeah it does seem to this year, I, I noticed the Leicester team was quite strong, um, Everton team was quite strong they're they both putting out um, strong teams, aren't I I don't really know what's changed this year because I I thought it might have gone the other way with obviously all the games that the managers moan about playing with the COVID situation. But I I think every team has has played um, a a strong team. It's nice to see as far as I'm concerned because I I honestly thought the FA Cup was being devalued a bit. It's still a bit, to me, a bit devalued because the fact that the the, the fixtures are just all spread out. I know TV has taken over and I, I do appreciate the money that comes in, but... I, I, yeah I think it's been excellent fair play, play to all the top 6 and top 10 teams didn't they? I think West Ham played a strong team against Doncaster you know brilliant it, as, a, as a championship fan it, it's it's really good to see
2: and obviously we said last time what well, the FA Cup mean to us three? now obviously you're the older generation and they run about it on talk sport the other day that back in like the 90s and the 80s that um you know the FA Cup was possibly even bigger than the European Cup do you, do you agree with this statement there
3: Oh, without well, honestly, uh, FA Cup day, you boys would have loved it. You get up, you have a fried breakfast, you'd you you'd watch the team the hotel from sort of nine to ten. Then they'd be on the bus playing cards. Then they get to Wembley, you'd have a celebrity um, game. You'd have all the top fastest players from each club having a race. Oh, it was the, it was the best day ever, the FA Cup final day. Three o'clock kickoff. It was always sunny. Always hot. It was, it was absolutely amazing. It was a day you look forward to more than probably any other. And obviously, being a Cardiff fan back there, we didn't get any <laughs> in the the, uh, the FA Cup finals. But it was, oh, what a day. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. But these days, it's, you know, kick off half past five. It's, it's just all wrong. It's got to be brought back in. And you know my opinion on it. The only way they'll do it is by saying, well, if you win the FA Cup, you get a European spot and take one up the Premier League. But it won't happen. But um no, they were the good old days.
2: Do you think maybe that um, Champions League spot could come into the FA Cup, Max? Um,
5: I don't see it happening. Uh, I mean, I could understand, obviously, the uh, advantage in doing it. I think it would obviously be a great incentive. But I don't see them taking away a Champions League spot from one of the top four in the Premier League just because um, that would kind of take focus off the Premier League. I don't really think that, uh, you know, that obviously, Premier League is a big competition. I don't really think they'd, they'd want to do that.
2: Yeah, you say um, in terms of the game there, Alex, back in the day and nowadays, something that hasn't changed is Cardiff are never involved in the, the latter stages as well. Excuse me, they, they won it in 1927.
3: Yeah, oh,
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I think even Tottenham have won a trophy since then. Um <laughs> Um, as well, but in, in terms of the game, um, obviously, you know, you had that unlucky from Gabrielle that come off the walk as his cross in the, the 24th minute. You did have your chances as well. Um, I think Eddie Neketia had a chance who we said possibly last time um, could get a game as well. And we were right in saying in that. But you had James Wall prowse had that shot from the corner that caught um, Leno out. And then Shea Adams had a, a shot. Will you maybe um, for Southampton, could they possibly win the FA Cup, Max?
5: Um, well, I mean, they definitely have it in them. They've obviously pulled off of, uh, upsets this season, like Liverpool, for example. Um, And especially for a team that maybe won't have as much focus on the Premier League. You know, they're, they're doing fairly well at the moment. So, you know, obviously, they, I doubt they're obviously pushing for something like a Champions League. I mean, they'd be interested in it, but, you know, it's unrealistic. So I think they could definitely, you know, look to play the strongest possible team in every single round uh, of the FA Cup. And I mean, I do think, it is a possibility because they have the quality. Uh, You know, I I could, I mean, obviously it would be a shock, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they really pull off a good run and and potentially even win it.
2: Yeah, as well, you've got other teams, Everton, Leicester, they could all maybe cause an upset, especially now Arsenal, Liverpool have all gone out of the competition as well. But, for Arsenal, obviously, Aubameyang, who's announced today, is out of the um, the game this week against Hampton in the Premier League because of family issues, and then you you didn't have Smith-Rowe. But obviously, you're bringing in uh, Martin Odegaard this week. Do you think maybe he'll be done in time, in time for our game on um, against you on the weekend, Lloyd? And if so, do you expect him to start?
4: Uh, yeah, the deal will definitely be done. I think he's going to get confirmed tomorrow. Uh, I, I don't really expect him to start but I I definitely think he'll get substituted on. but it it depends if he gets enough training and if Arteta thinks he's ready because he's barely played for Madrid Uh, like in the past like four months he's barely played so I think we'll probably give him some more training sessions and try try and get him back to match fitness where we start playing him and we'll talk about Ozil a bit more but for Arsenal they've uh, first
2: goal they've conceded in 508 minutes as you've suffered your first loss in seven matches obviously you've been on a um A bit for good form recently, but obviously didn't really continue in the FA Cup. Then the next few games, then Barnsley v Norwich. Barnsley caused a, an upset they Obviously, Barnsley, you know, we said on the FL show, didn't we, Alex, that Barnsley we expected to go down. Were they mid-table now in the Championship? Do you think maybe Norwich they didn't really put a strong team out? Were you surprised on that?
3: No, I'm not surprised at that. Any any Championship team could beat any Championship team on the day. And that that's why it's so unpredictable. um I don't think Norwich played a real weakened team. Okay, it did rotate a bit, but what I saw the highlights. I think Barnsley just wanted him more. I think they were just up for it more. And you've got to be honest, Norwich are probably thinking, "Well, we'll take, <clears throat> we don't really want a cup run now. We, you know, we're dominating the league, and nothing wants to. They don't want anything in the way of that." So it, it wasn't a shock to me, to be honest. It was, it was, it was expected.
2: Yeah, Barnsley reached the for the FA Cup semi finals in 2008 as well. They went through after a, um, a Callum Styles goal. And in some of the others, Brighton beat Blackpool 2-1. Um, Basuma scored a brilliant strike in the first half before um, Gary Medina, you'll know well Alex from Cardiff, scored just our before half-time, then Brighton scored through um, in the 58th minute. Bristol City won away at Millwall's 3-0. Sheffield United won again, beating Plymouth 2-1. A home, Basham and Billy Sharp with the goals there. A lot of people tipped Plymouth to maybe cause an upset. Alex's second favourite team, Swans, he beat Nottingham Forest 5-1. Cullen with two goals, Matty Grimes with two, including a penalty that... Really was a dive, really, and then Oliver Cooper rounded it off. That was after the knockout scored in the 56th minute. Swansea, then Alex, rival of yours, obviously. Have you maybe got all your hands up and say they're playing well this season? No, <laughs> no,
3: no. <laughs> Pass next question. Not interested.
2: <laughs> Do you think maybe Swansea or a team that could go up this season, Lloyd?
4: Uh, yeah, I, I do think they could. <laughs> they have looks really good. And I, I think they do deserve to go up.
2: Good answer there. Um, indeed, well, they, they have got a tough test yeah. in the next round. they got Man City, though, and we all know what happened a few years ago where they should have beaten Man City, but VAR um, cost them that day. As Alex said, West Ham but a strong team out to beat Doncaster 4-0. 4-0 scoring after just two minutes. Then Yarmolenko scored after 32. and Then Andy Butler their own goal. And then um, Youngster racked it up. um, um, Or and scored for West Ham later on. And then there should have been a cup upset at the Johnny Rock Stadium in Cheltenham. They lost at home to Man City 3-1. Alfie May put them ahead after 59 minutes after the the long throw from Ben Tozer as well that they were all worried about and they were all being talked about the week ahead. And then Alfie May tucked home before Man City um, the last 10 minutes did turn up, the, uh, turn up the heat and went into another gear. Phil Foden scored in the 81st minute before Jesus scoring three minutes later and then and Torres wrapped it up in added time. Should should Man City have gone out, Max? Um, well, obviously
5: you, you'd like to see that, but uh, I mean, I think the quality they showed at the end is a testament to I mean, what really should have uh, happened the entire match and, and that is Man City winning. But obviously if they played to Charlton they were very good, I mean, especially against Man City, you'd expect to trans them. So, um, yeah, whilst, I mean, I think everybody would have wanted chance to go through, I think Man City did deserve to win.
2: And obviously, Ben Tozer was famous for that. Um, brilliant. I don't know how he saved it off the line from that um, Benjamin Mendy shot, and then he somehow got ahead to it, and he was going full pelt to, to clear it off the line. But... You know, for Cheltenham, it's, it's hard luck, Alex, and you'll know, obviously, being an AFL team in, in Cardiff, how much it means to teams like um, Cheltenham, and especially teams lower lower down in League 1 and 2. Do you think that for Cheltenham now, then obviously they know they took Man City all the way. OK, the scoreline may have shown um, in the end, and we'll talk about Wickham against Tottenham later, how their scoreline did um, fall off a little bit. Do you think that maybe is a, um, a booster for their League 2 season now? Obviously, they've Played well against Man City.
3: Yeah, I think it is. I'm, I remember going to Cheltenham with Cardiff, probably 2002, 2000, perhaps one, and their ground was atrocious. And to see the, the the way it's been done up, and you know they've obviously moved on. But yeah, I think you know they look quite good. But it's very difficult to say in an FA Cup tie because you always raise your game when you're playing the big boys. But yeah, I I, I hope it does, and I, I hope um, Man City did the same sort of thing as Wolves. if they did any gesture to? sort of help them out, but without the crowds this year, the FA Cup has lost possibly the massive underkin uh, undershock, or, sorry what are they called the the big...
2: Underkin, and, uh, and uh, shock results, giant yeah,
3: because I, I think Yeah, because I think the, the fans not being there, you know, Chatham's ground is very small, it's very compact and, you know if, if you do miss out, you know, same with Marine when they played Spurs, I thought it would have been great to have the crowd, and I know people were watching outside the fence, but it would have been great <laughs> to have people there, you know and I just think with, with, with the smaller clubs, they miss having their fans, their props, more than the, the bigger clubs would in the FA Cup.
2: Yeah, and I think I've been to Cheltenham as well, you know, since it's been redone. And it is a, a nice, as you said, compact ground and probably not nice for, um, you know, an away player or whoever playing it, especially if he was Man City. And unfortunately... Fans weren't allowed. Then on Sunday, Chelsea avoided a cup upset, beating Luton 3-1. A Tammy Abraham hat trick, but Luton did come back into it through Jordan Clark after an absolute shocker from Kepper that just sums him sums his Chelsea career up really just falling out falling over. And then um, Timo Werner missed a penalty later on. To stop um, maybe Luton score again, a bit embarrassing for them really But they did again another EFL team taking a Premier League team all the way Okay Chelsea was a bit more comfortable But the main talking point out of that yesterday was Frank Lampard getting sacked Now when we're filming this it's just been announced that Thomas Tuchel has officially taken over Obviously ex-PSG and Borussia Dortmund manager Were you surprised by Frank Lampard leaving Lloyd at this time?
4: uh i wouldn't really say i'm surprised because you can tell with the recent of results that well, it, it was inevitable really that he was going to go like they've spent so much money in the summer and they just haven't really been performing i'm a bit surprised that they sacked him after the luton game like it did isn't a bit random like you see like after the Leicester game like that that was probably a must win to save his job and obviously then they'd lost so I'd, I think it wouldn't made more sense to sack him then, because then you could have got two clean well, a week earlier. And, like, like, a week's worth of training sessions is a lot of help, especially, especially in the run of form they're in and they need to get out of.
2: Yeah, and I think his last, um, which was, well, fairly fitting, really, his last um, game obviously involved Mason He tweeted after, captain in the club I've been at since the age of six. No words can describe the emotion and the immense pride, obviously, um, being brilliant for Chelsea the past two seasons uh, under Frank and bringing him through at Derby. and um, Chelsea, do you think maybe this will, um, well, how can you put it, maybe disrupt the young players playing time at Chelsea now a new man's coming in, Max?
5: Um, I mean, yes and no. I mean, obviously that was one of the things that uh, one of the things that Lampard was obviously praised for in his first season was use, utilising their youth. But, um, I mean, we, we see an example being Tomori who's uh, uh, leaving now. Uh, the, I think this season, that his uh, utilisation in his plays has kind of fallen off a bit, obviously, with the, with the big signings as well. And um, I think Tuchel, obviously working at you know clubs like uh, Dortmund, it, it is used to having to work with youngsters, and obviously because that's one of the things Dortmund are uh, famed for uh, and I think whilst obviously I think it is very important to have somebody like Frank Lampard is obviously a Chelsea man you could say uh, being around the, the youngsters and, and kind of ingraining that into their into their to, to this style of play I don't really think it's something that you can really consider after you know the form and, and other things surrounding Frank Lampard it's really one of the things you have to take into account um, because I think for, the, for Chelsea there are more important things I think that's where you uh, end up at the end of the season.
2: Obviously, the Frank Lampard sacking was um, first reported yesterday morning around 9 a.m., and then it happened about lunchtime. During his time at Chelsea, 84 games, 44 wins, 17 draws, 23 losses, and a win percentage of 52.38. But he did, since Abramovich um, joined Chelsea as chairman or owner in 2003, did have the worst um, win-per-game record. But Thomas Tuchel coming in, obviously, it was only what a month ago he got sacked by PSG Lloyd. He's come in, he's had experience with Dortmund, obviously doing well there, PSG. But do you, but Harry Redknapp made the comment, obviously he is related to Frank Lampard, so he might be a bit biased. But do you think that Harry Redknapp's statement about he's not he's a good manager, but he's not that great because he's won the French League and you know, every, all of us could probably go to PSG and win the French league. So do you think um Harry Redknapp was right in what he said about Tuchel?
4: No, no, no. I think it's quite a stupid statement to put out. You can't say, oh, he's only won the French league. Like, sorry, he went, he went to PSG and He did his job. He went like, so what else was he meant to do? He got to a Champions League, league final with them. Like, that's like saying in Germany, all he did was like took Mainz to fifth and it took Dortmund to second. It's like, well, yeah, he did his job. Like, it, just because he hasn't proved himself in England yet, doesn't mean he's a bad manager. You can't look at his past achievements and go, oh, I was in France though, so it doesn't count. I think I think he will do a good job with his Chelsea team.
2: Yeah, he said who's who says he's a great manager. Winning titles at PSG in France doesn't make you a great manager. What does that prove? You're quite entitled to win the league in France when you're managing um PSG. So strong words from Harry there, obviously a brilliant manager himself. But um a lot of the managers were asked yesterday about uh Ralph told slamped the man you didn't really care about it other managers david Moyes, and um, brendan rogers but especially pep had um a bit of sympathy for him pep actually said people talk about projects and ideas they don't exist you have to win or you'll be replaced i hope to see frank and soon and go to a restaurant with him when the lockdown is finished do you think that pep's right there alex obviously you've been a um, a critic of modern football and how it is now, and obviously back in your day, and when football in the 80s and 90s was was obviously still good now, but was probably even better. Some people would argue. You know, managers will be given more time, even under pressure. Brian Clough, Alex Ferguson, obviously proved that. Do you think that Pep's right in there, and do you think it's the right right approach from Chelsea? Obviously, they've been I think they've won the most trophies when they have sat the managers under Abramovich. Do you think it's a correct approach from Chelsea and right?
3: It's a very difficult question. Um, To be fair, the amount of money Roman Abramovich has put into Chelsea over the years, he's probably entitled to do what he wants with them, you know, on one hand. um, It's, it's a very difficult thing. The difference with the 80s and the 90s, I think, when you look at Ferguson, top, top draw manager, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a great player. He was a good player. Look at Arsene Wenger, one of the best managers ever to manage in the Premier League. He was a good player, but he never played at the top, top level. And I think what happens is these days... You, People like Frank Lampard gets rushed in and they expect him to do things. But to me, I, I think it's very difficult. I, I, I don't know. And, and what I do find surprising about Chelsea, why didn't they appoint someone like Eddie Howe? Why would they got to go yeah. to this Tuchel? I'm not saying I don't know much about Tuchel, because I'm not saying he's good part. I, I literally don't know much about the guy. But it doesn't seem to be any sort of plan there. But I suppose with a problem, he could get rid of this guy Tuchel at the end of the season, I suppose, and replace him with someone else. So... I suppose you you pay the money you you get the choice but um yeah, it's a difficult question I I don't know to be honest I I just don't know
2: and obviously there was a lot of reports saying that um the Chelsea board reportedly disagreed with Frank Lampard's um attempt to sign Declan Rice and his treatment of Kepa obviously you know he really wanted Declan Rice he didn't move in the summer he hasn't moved this January um you know and Kepa well I I disagree on that Kepa because he has been awful let's be um, frank about it but. For Frank Lampard, there's been a lot of talk of him. Um, I think he's actually favourite to take over at Celtic. Um, But where's his next job, do you think, now and then Alex? Obviously, you know, probably the only team in the Premier League that's probably going to have a job opening soon is Newcastle, if they're not careful. They may even stick by Steve Bruce. Do you think maybe he could come to Cardiff after uh, Mick McCarthy's kept you up, or where do you think he'll go?
3: I don't think he'll come to Cardiff, and at the moment, I I, I don't know if I'd want him to be honest, because that, that, really? that's another. Th- well, yeah, because that's another thing. You know, it's it's very hmm. easy to say. No disrespect. You know, you you look at the money he spent with Chelsea. Now, this is I suppose the difference I have from modern football. I don't know if you three know more, but do managers sign players these days?
6: Well, that's
2: do... the point. Because
6: I that's... don't know.
3: Obviously, in the eighties yeah. and nineties. Man United would not sign a player unless Fergie rubber stamped it. They wouldn't even try to do it because they were so even the board was scared of Fergie in that respect. So they wouldn't. But I don't know if these days, if for example, Chelsea sign a player because their scout tells them to, I don't mean, know. You three would probably know more than I would. Does Liverpool sign players? How, how does it work? It's probably a bit different to when, when I was sort of heavily into the football in that respect. So you three would probably know more than me. So could you three answer who signs players these days? Is it managers, scouts, boards? Jamie
2: well, I think I think Gary. Yeah, I think Gary Neville made the point, didn't he, in saying that himself and Jamie Redknapp, obviously, he's cousins with Frank Lampard. But Gary Neville mainly said it yesterday on Sky that he doesn't believe, um, and and all three of them said Harry, Jamie thing. They don't believe that um, Frank Lampard, like you know, wanted a really signed team over in or or Kyle it so Obviously, they're brilliant players on their day. But obviously, Frank's been doing well with the youngsters, with Tomore, Obviously, he's gone to AC Milan, with Zuma, with Mason Mount, whoever. So, we don't think, you know, he wanted to sign Habits and Bruno. They, Like you said, like Harry Redknapp said, they're probably there because of, as you said, the scouting team, the chairman wants to bring him in, They're quality players on their day. You know, they're, they're big, big names for the Premier League and for the clubs. So Did you think that, Max, that it was Frank's decision to bring in... Um, you know, Havertz and Werner and Ziyech, or do you think it was probably a board's decision that he was forced onto? Um, I don't know. I
5: can't. I I, I can't think of some examples. Uh, particularly, I think I think Salah is an example of the board signing a play that Nestor <laughs> the Be- doesn't want to. Yeah, but I think I I'm not entirely sure, but I do believe that Frank Lampard definitely had some involvement, especially in Havertz. I th- I think that was. Signing that he suggested, and I think he, he also played a larger role in convincing them to, to come because I think he contacted them. And then I think lots have been said about the players who've signed and then being fans of Lampard and, and, and the character that he had and, and the things that he was saying to them. Um, so yeah, I think obviously they would have had to have uh, obviously the, the go ahead by the board, and obviously because they're the, one, the ones providing the money for it. Um, you know, but I think I do think it's something that Frank was pushing for, I don't think it was against his will, really.
2: Yeah, as well. But obviously, we don't know what um, goes on, you know, behind the board. But it will be um, interesting to see how well Tuchel does. Obviously, his first game is against um, Wolves on Wednesday night, and I was here actually to get him in in on time for that. So obviously, you know, for Frank, where does he hold, Do you think he would be a good Celtic manager, Alex?
3: Yeah, I think he probably would because, and that's what you got to say about. You know, Stephen Gerrard Evans says, yeah, Rangers, is Rangers, that. But when he went to Rangers, they were on their knees. You know, they were literally on their knees. And what he's done up there, I'll put my hand up, you know. He's been absolutely brilliant for Rangers. He's got the fans back on side. He's restored the confidence. You know, what are they, 22 points clear of Celtic yeah. who haven't lost the league in sort of five, six years. So what what he's done there is given him tremendous grounding. Not saying he's ready to go on to take Liverpool job, but you would suggest when Klopp does decide to leave Liverpool that he'll be the next next replacement. And I've got a bit more respect for perhaps him going up there where the state rangers were in, than perhaps other managers who go to Scotland, if you know what I mean, where they have been so successful, like Neil Lennon. I I just can't stand that fella. So I'm glad to see Celtic going down the drain for that respect.
2: Wendy Rodgers, when he went up there. Well again, yeah, you know,
3: and I think. You know, like Lloyd mentioned, it's not where you go, it's not your fault. You do your job, no matter. I'm not saying the Scottish League is nowhere near as good as the Premiership, and I all, I, I, I do appreciate that. You know, don't get me wrong. But you have still gotta manage and get results, no matter how you do it. And I say a bit to Gerard. What what, what a range is, 22 points clear? That's just an incredible statistic to bear in mind where they were only two years ago. So, yeah, possibly Celtic would be interesting. I hope it's it well, because that means Eddie Howe can come to Cardiff uh, next year. You know, that's
2: the plan. <laughs> yeah, apparently there was no approach for Eddie Howe at Cardiff, though, so I'm reliable. I know, he probably would have
3: laughed us out the door,
2: wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, as well. But um, like all the games around the country, that Chelsea Luton got um, delayed for a bit as well because of the, the heavy snow as well. And they didn't stop in the next game at other uh, two next games, actually, at half two. One was at Brentford against Leicester. Brentford took the lead through seven minutes through Sorensen, and then Leicester showed their quality. Sarek so underscoring in the 46th minute. Heelam scoring a penalty in the 51st minute, and then James Madsen wrapping it up in the um, 71st minute. For Leicester then, um, Max, obviously brilliant in the Premier League this season, looking to threaten the um, FA Cup. Do you think then that they are a, a we can call them maybe a, a big seven team now? Because we were having this discussion, me, you, and um, Lloyd the other day about you know are Leicester a big 16 are they a big 16 or would you you know call it the big seven in the Premier league now
5: um well I mean I think before I can give you a d- definitive answer I think we need at least you know maybe two more years and I think if they're in you know in the Champions League conversation for those two years uh I think they definitely have to be because we we, we look at them now and I, I think maybe other than the stadium everything about them is kind of the template for being, you know, the top six. And I think that maybe they could even be looking at an expansion because I, I first thought about this when, when I saw the, the new training ground, which looks, you know, top of the range, yeah. really, really fantastic. And it's the kind of thing that you, it's the ambition that you expect to see from a team like that, that are looking to challenge the top six. And um, no, if really, if they can be in the top six and potentially even, you know, get champions league, that squad, that squad is good enough and young enough to be a top six team for the next, you know, five ten years. So, yeah, I mean, I think, We'll need another year or two to, to see how, you know, whether they keep up the, you know, the European spaces and whether they they, they keep they keep hold of them and see how they do in Europe as well. But, you yeah, know, for me, it's looking like they're definitely going to uh, join, join the top six to, to make it the top seven, depending on how, you know, other teams do as well. But yeah, the top seven is what I'd expect to see.
2: Yeah, so as you rightly said, they've been um, brilliant this season as well. They were last year. Obviously, they were basically a playoff game between us and um, Leicester for the, the Champions League spot last year. And obviously, they've just come up um, short as well. But they definitely do look good. But for Brentford on the other foot, Carabao Cup semi finalists, I honestly thought it, well, it obviously would have been a shocker thing. But I wouldn't have been too surprised if Brentford had gone through considering how brilliant they've been in the Championship. Are they a team that me, Max, and Lloyd should expect to see in the Premier League next year, Alex? They,
3: no, I don't think they will because I
2: no, I, no. I just think
3: they they just fail at the last hurdle, and I, I can see them doing it again this year. I really can. I can see Norwich going up automatically. I can see Bournemouth going up automatically. Um, obviously I don't want to talk about Swansea, as you know, but um, you know, there's teams there that have just probably got that bit more quality than Brentford and. I, I hope Brentford do go up, I really do. But no, I, I think they're gonna miss out again this year. Not not by a lot, but I just I do feel they just don't seem to have that extra step to, to make the final step up.
2: And moving on to two teams staying in London and two teams that could possibly be in the, the championship next year, Fulham and Burnley, but Burnley won away at Fulham three 0 Jay Rodriguez scoring two, including a penalty, and then Kevin Long wrapped it up in the eighty first minute. Um Scotty Parker said that um, you know, his all eyes was on the Premier League, which is fair enough. And he said that the FA Cup was a, basically a hindrance. Do you take? Obviously, you've said that you're a massive fan of the FA. Well, we all are massive fans of the FA Cup. But do you think even for Fulham, that's a bit disrespectful from Scott Park or Alex? Or is it understandable?
3: I, it's, I I don't want to slag him off too much because I know when we were in the Premiership, we went out to I think a, a really weakened team. So. Uh, him. Yeah, Jill and I'm saying so it's like yeah, no, it's uh, I I can't I can't slag him off for that because I think we've done exactly the same. So um no, not not really and, and I do understand. But you really think Burnley, the Burnley will not go down, Leon? It'll be Burnley will be safe no problem at no, all. I, I, I don't um, think they're I, anywhere near
2: relegation I, I, for I don't I don't think they'll go down, but obviously, you know, they had a brilliant win against Liverpool, which is brilliant for, you know, anyone other than Liverpool fans wanted Burnley to probably win that, Um you know, you just look at it, it's a crazy problem, they, they always seem to find a way out of it and they're, all, they're always in and around it obviously, you know, they've got new owners in so possibly, I think he was a Burnley fan on Six Six said the other night on TalkSport sorry, and said that he reckon Burnley can kick on towards European spots this year, and I don't think that's the case obviously they did well a few years ago, but you have got to put, I don't think they'll go down personally, I think it's going to be Sheffield, United West Brom and Brighton, but I I look at it and you know only it only takes what a few losses in a row and then you you're back in it or it takes a few wins in a row like Arsenal proved and you're out of it. Do you think who do you think will go down then, Alex?
3: I I don't know and I'm not I think West Brom I think but I just think Burnley are just they're such a strong team they they got such a strong manager not just because they bought, beat Liverpool you know that's to end their run is fantastic but you no know, I just think Burnley are not for me, they're not relegation fodder, I don't think they are, like, I think Sheffield United will go I think West Brom will go and I and think Fulham will, Fulham will go myself personally, but you know, I might be completely wrong because so it is unpredictable but I think for you to say Burnley are in a relegation battle, I just think is, is a little harsh
2: and I don't think they'll go down but you have got to probably include um, you've probably got to even include Newcastle in it we'll talk about the Premier League table because there was one Premier League game in on the weekend later, but you know But Burnley then, they did start, to be fair to them, a pretty strong team as well. Are they one team that could possibly, I'll check who they got in the next round, but possibly cause a few upsets in this FA Cup Max. Or do you think that, you know, they'll prioritise on the league? Or do you think Alex is right that they've probably got nothing to play for this year?
5: Well, they definitely have something to play for. Um, There always kind of is in the Premier League. And I think they're one of the teams with limited depth, and that is always something that is kind of an obstacle in the FA Cup, so I don't expect them having a big run, though they could potentially pull off some upsets, because their style of play kind of transcends whatever is playing, they're always going to be trying to do the same thing, that's staying deep and uh, parking the bus, you could say. Um, but, you know, I don't expect them to see a, a cup fr- a cup run from them, and yeah, I do expect them to stay up in the Premier League comfortably.
2: And as you said, it is, um, you know, for, for these teams, okay, maybe not Burnley, but for Fulham, it is, you know, key, like they said, for for squad management but for the FA Cup obviously Burnley progress on In the next game it was the game that was watched by 9.2 million people on BBC and BBC Redmond and it was of course best team in England against uh, the third best team in England uh, fourth best team in England Man United against Liverpool Man United winning 3-2 Alex brilliant performance from United
3: it was a really good game to be fair I really enjoyed it you know didn't expect it to be that open it was Really, really enjoyed the game. I thought Liverpool looked good, and I thought Man United looked good. It was just it was a thoroughly enjoyable game to watch. It was a very good Sunday afternoon viewing.
2: Um, and obviously Salah got two goals. How big is that? Do you think for his confidence? Because we had a chat after the game, and you said that Salah's that type of player, that's a confidence player. Do you do you expect him to score? Is you know his normal goals now and get them fancy points for people?
3: I hope so. I brought him in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I think he's a quality player. I don't think he's, you can't doubt his quality. Anyone who doubts his quality is, is crazy. So um, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, he's quality. And hopefully you'll start banging him in again, definitely.
2: But do you think there's been obviously a lot of talk, and we said it about um, a Norwegian broadcaster the other day interviewing him. Do you think he will leave in the summer?
3: Yes, I got a feeling he will. I, I don't know if something's been said between him and Marnie. Liverpool don't look as tight as they were. This time last year, for whatever reason. I don't know if something's said. There's been an argument in the training. I don't know. They just don't look the same. i, I got to admit, I noticed that Mane came on, didn't he, in that FA Cup tie? Yeah. but w- was booked. He just looks angry and he, he doesn't... He, I don't know. There's something not quite right with Liverpool. I'm not sure if there's been a row or some sort of uh, breakdown in communication. But no, I I think there's something just not right with them. I'm not saying they're not in the title race, because they are. They take a win to the games against the bigger teams like your Man City, your Spurs. puts some put some straight back up there, really.
2: Um, obviously, there was a mad situation on, on 6 of 6 on um Sunday night. There was a few Liverpool fans calling for Jurgen Klopp to possibly be sacked. Obviously, you know, they were walking the title last year. Now they're, you know, just scraping Champions League at the minute. Um, Do you think maybe them Liverpool fans are a bit overreactive? Or do you maybe think that, you know, if they don't beat Tottenham or they don't beat Man City and they don't get results in the next few games and in the Champions League, do you think there is a possibility that he could be sacked?
3: Well Klopp? Yeah. Well if they are, are they crazy? That would be the most craziest thing.
2: Do you think do you think here's the question, do you think that if they don't win the Premier League or the Champions League this year, do you think maybe he will leave in the summer and they could get Gerrard in? Because let's be fair, any Liverpool fan will tell you, you know, his aim was to win the Premier League and they got a bonus in the Champions League. So do you think that if he doesn't win a trophy this season maybe obviously he won't resign because, you know, manager won't resign, but do you think maybe he could leave in the summer, do you think? No, I'd be absolutely... If, if that's,
3: that's fairyland talk for me. They, they they just won the Premier League for the first time in 31 years. 31 but they're swiping years.
2: Champions League at the minute, Alex. Even Liverpool fans will tell you that. they're, they're yeah, But, but Liverpool, Champions fans,
3: League. Liverpool fans must be smoking something as far as I'm concerned. If they want to get rid of Klopp, that would be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Don't get me wrong, we all know... They idolise Gerrard, blah, 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 blah. He's one of us, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we heard it all before. But no, wouldn't you be crazy to get Klopp? Absolutely crazy. And I tell you what, if I was a Man United fan and Liverpool sat Klopp, that's the first person I'd be going to get. And, and Ben Ollie. No. Yes. That's, you can never... If, if Liverpool get rid of Klopp, I think they'll lose a lot... Most people don't like Liverpool unless you're a Liverpool fan. But, oh, they lose so much respect for me if they got rid of Klopp. It'd be the most ridiculous decision and and
2: that, the ball, now this was a question again on six or seven. Chris Sutton put it out there and said that if this moment in time, would I take Klopp or Oli? Obviously, I'd take. Well, if he wasn't in charge, I'd never take a local manager. Never. Would you take? Would you take Michael Laudrup, Swansea manager, or Gary Monk or whatever? I take anyone at the moment, <laughs> 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 no matter who it is. I take you. If I have to, <laughs> apart from Ollie, I take
3: anyone. No. um, No, I just, I, all right, possibly not. But what I'm saying is, those days have gone now. With with sort of Michael Owen, he he was a mad scouser. Only where did he end up? Man United. I think those days have gone. But I honestly, if if Klopp goes from Liverpool, I would be absolutely amazed. And I think it's crazy. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, You know, I think I think he's done absolute wonders for Liverpool. Not just on the pitch, um, off the pitch. I think everything has come together for them. And all right, yeah, this year, it, you, you know how difficult it is. People always say that Fergie Wenger always difficult to win the the second time round. A lot more difficult to retrain it. And they, they're not out of it. People are talking; like they're out of it. As I said, they they, they beat Spurs, they beat Man City, they straight back up there. I, I'm a bit I, I can't believe people are even talking about it. To be honest, I'm really surprised about that.
2: I agree with you, but I'm just playing devil's advocate um, here yeah, as well. But in terms of the game, obviously, as we said, Salah scored after 18 minutes and then a brilliant crossfield ball from Marcus Rashford, a brilliant finish from Mason Greenwood in the 26 minutes, got Scottish level. And Marcus Rashford proved quality. It showed his quality in the 48th minute for Salah. Um, scored again in the 58th minute for Mino, getting the both assists for his goal. And then Bruno Fernandes showing why he's the best midfielder in the world. Um, with his brilliant free kick in the 78th minute. We'll start off then with the one I think, you know, Liverpool fans were delusional with, the free kick. Was it a free kick for you, Lloyd?
4: Uh, I'm not really sure if it was or not. I, I can't remember the exact moment.
2: Was it a free kick for you, Max?
4: Um,
2: the Cavani push? Oh, not, the, well, the, the Firmino, uh, Firmino little kick out.
5: It is okay. it is a close call really, and um, I'm inclined to say yes, but yeah, I think it could have gone either way. I think it could have not been a free kick, and I wouldn't have really batted it either. No, I
2: think I think Cavani. It was a soft free kick. We'll give him that, but you know, Cavani used his experience to to fend off. But a lot of people have been saying this week that Fernandez is the best player in England. Do you think he is, Lloyd? Uh, I
4: think on current form, he probably is. Uh, but if you've got anything other than current form, there's no way he no way is.
2: Best midfielder in the world?
4: I'd probably say once again, maybe on current form. Oh, we're definitely... But, but otherwise, no. <laughs>
2: Alex, is he better than De now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, But obviously, you know, we're through in the FA Cup now. We've got West Ham, obviously another a team that are doing well in the, the Premier League as well. Do you think now then... That We should be maybe going, obviously, you know, you always make the joke that we never reach a final, and uh, um, so Sean, we always got the semi-final. But do you think maybe this FA Cup now, with the likes of um, Liverpool and Arsenal gone, maybe this is a, a chance, Alex, to, to win a trophy, do you think? <sighs> um, no at all, yeah. I, I
3: can't, I, I just don't, and I should give him credit, but I just can't. I. I... I still doesn't. To me, he just looks like a little lost boy on the side. I just don't. He just he doesn't install any confidence in me. He's don't, been don't in me Liverpool,
2: off. top of the Premier League.
3: Yeah, and I'm not. Obviously, I can't. Champions
2: League, I, PSG,
3: yeah, Leipzig. I'd be would be stupid to say. I don't want to the Champions League. You've <laughs> you got out. knocked out, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I still <laughs> think that he's not the man. I, I sorry, he's done brilliant on the players. Have actually, you know, that someone's lit up, something under the players, and they've done better. But I still. Sorry, Leon. I just, I, he just doesn't instill any confidence in me as a manager. And I, I think, great, yeah, he's doing well. But what I'd like to say, what Lloyd and Max just said about previous conversations about the the, the boards and stuff, if you're giving Oli Solskjaer credit for being that, surely does every club now use this scouting system or is it all different? I, I'm a bit. That's right. And I'm not taking the Mick now because I don't know what the situation is with these premiership clubs because if all he's going to Solskjaer getting all the praise but if he's not signing the players I don't know if he'd sign Bruno Fernandes or again it's, it's a very confusing situation for me because I don't know who to sort of blame or who not to blame if players
2: get I can tell you that it's not Edward Wood. if it is then blinking it but that man I haven't got two brains in here I haven't got a brain in him at all He hasn't got so, two
0: brains Yeah
2: it,
4: i well like who
3: signed for Arsenal now? Who signed this round of play? Do you think it's Arteta again or the board or is it, or a bit of both or uh,
4: I know with Arsenal, like Edu, the technical director, and Arteta were really close together. Right. In the kids of Odegaard, Arteta was really key in the signing Like he wang over talked to him. Then I know like like Max Aureli with Mo Salah, when yeah. Klopp went to Liverpool, it was Michael Edwards who right. recommended That's... them signing him. But then like uh, the the goalkeeper we signed in the summer, uh, Alex Vanison. but he, yeah. he was an agent. Like there are lots of ways you can sign players now.
3: So I me mean, and that's completely different from what obviously I know football because it was just the manager had the final say, you know, and that's what, that's where it was. And, again, Max, for you, what 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 was Spurs and Gareth Bale? Was that Mourinho's decision or was that the club's decision? Again, i and Leon with you with mine, i I'm a bit confused of who's signing players and who's not now. I need to probably do a bit of research.
5: Yeah, well, other, other Spurs, it's really Daniel Levy He's kind of the architect of lots of things. Lots of things that happened. Um, and I mean, for example, uh, I mean, I think Jack Clark Spurs signed a, a season a season or two ago. Now, I think that was solely a, a solely a Levy deal, and I don't even think didn't even know if he consulted Ojatino about it. He was a manager right. at the time. So, um, no, I think it, it's it's partially um, Mourinho. I think Mourinho would probably is a kind of he would say like what who he wants and where he wants to. Who he wants to get the positions he wants to get and then i think he works with the uh the scouts and then i think levy's also probably heavily involved because he's he needs to make sure that i mean he's he's kind of the master negotiator so you know he's heavily involved uh, it, it really it really it really depends on on club to club but oh, you know God. levy the chairman there's lots of there's lots of that well thanks the three of you us educated me now a bit of more football <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: but obviously i think a man united you'd have to say we got you know, as much as he probably is the biggest mick take of a, a chairman and director in the Premier League, Edward Wood, he does. You know, most of his decisions are stupid and probably right to leave. But, you know, he does make some transfers, I think. Um, you know, we have got some good directors. we got the Glazers, you know, obviously gives us the money. Obviously, half the time, you know, well, probably most of the signings we've made in since Fergie left has probably been a flop. You know, Di Maria, Falkhaus, Good recruitment team, obviously for youngsters as well. We got you know a good academy team, and okay, we don't know who made this Bruno Fernandez signing. Obviously, we'll probably go on the basis that it was Ollie because you wouldn't trust Ed would? But you know, I think I'd say all of our teams have probably got good recruitment areas, but have also you know had bad. You'd probably say you know every club in the past three five years has always had a. A terrible recruitment in in different clubs, as well, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but what one factor was then that I was gonna um ask you then? Um, Lloyd, obviously we got a good run of fixtures in um the league now. We think we got Sheffield United and then we got a few um good came good games coming up. Obviously top of the league now. Do you think that this FA Cup run and obviously Europa League could you know do um progress us on that
4: uh, yeah, definitely. I think I think as long as you rotate correctly, you could you could go and really find the cap in Europa League and then continue title challenge as well. I think Ole is quite good with the rotation, like a player like Bruno Fernandez, and he does play every game because <clears throat> he he said like well, he, he said he wants to. He wants to play every minute he can, to win every game he can. I think that that will be really key because he's obviously a huge part of your team, and uh, I think you do have the potential to go and really find all your competitions.
2: Yeah, I think we're not in the title race, obviously, as as you'll know, but um, it definitely progressed, and that proved your point about, you know, resting players. Obviously, I was a bit shocked that Bruno Fernandes was um, rested against um, Liverpool. Obviously, that proved um, a, well, a masterclass really, because he come off the, the bench and scored one of the best free kicks of the season as well. But hopefully we can um, progress on fear. And then one more game on Sunday was Everton beating Sheffield Wednesday three 0 Everton another team that could be no possible underdogs for. Um, to win the FA Cup, and Calvert Lewin scored and returned, or on his return, sorry, he scored after 29 minutes. Emma Charlison scored after 59, and Yeri Mina scoring after 62 minutes. James Rodriguez getting two assists, and Gomez. Um, the other one, Everton, possible FA Cup winners, Max?
5: Well, I think with a manager like Angelotti, that is something that's possible. Obviously, he's won a lot of massive trophies. Uh, I think two time Champions League winner. So, you know, really this is kind of the perfect time for them to end their, their trophy drought. And um, I mean, the more you think about it, the more, the more it makes sense uh, doing well in the league and doing, doing well generally, you've got a good young team with some, you know, some, uh, I mean, obviously you've got uh, Rodriguez in there, so you've got some experience too. So, you know, I think it, it, would, be, it would be one of the outside shouts for the, for the, for the, for the cup that I would say is, isn't really that surprising because all the ingredients are there to make it happen.
2: And you talk about trophy droughts. It was one game on Monday. Tottenham won away at Wickham 4-1. Wickham took the lead after 25 minutes and everyone thought possible shock, but Tottenham showed their quality. Gareth Bale scoring just for half-time. And then Harry Winks tucking home four minutes from time with a, a brilliant finish after um, Harry Kane, who they brought on, had a shot the keeper. And then they come out to Harry Winks and he curled it into top corner. And then Nondon Belli... Um, scored one minute later. Obviously, he's been brilliant in the past few games. Scored that brilliant goal against Sheffield United, and he scored two um, to to get you into the fifth round. Comfortable, happy performance, Max.
5: Well, I mean, yes, we. I mean, yes and no. I mean, we created so many chances and we're really dominant, but if you don't finish them, I mean, it's not really a good performance. So it, it is kind of it's kind of a happy. It's bittersweet, I think, because obviously creativity is something that. You know, I think Spurs have really we, we needed, needed to see from them because there there have been times where we didn't really look like we wanted to attack. So yeah, it's good to see that. And I think again, Bale is, a, is an example of it. He looked good. He looked like he was getting busy, but again, he just didn't find the back of the net. And his in his shooting but shooting boots were off. So you know, yeah, again, it's a bittersweet. It was a good and a bad performances for a uh, good performance for for those reasons.
2: Yeah, and then there's one more tie to play on Tuesday. It was meant to be played Saturday. It's between Crawley Town and Bournemouth, possibly Jack Wilshire's, um debut for Bournemouth. They, Crawley have said today that they've conducted over 220 coronavirus tests since the 18th of January as well. So that looks set to go ahead um, tonight as well. And obviously the fifth round of um, the FA Cup is, what, a few weeks away now. Um, the 8th of February actually the ties are playing. So they obviously the draw was done after the the four after the third round games with the four round draw. So they Burnley will play at home to to Bournemouth or Crawley. Man United are at home to West Ham. Sheffield United against Bristol City. Wolves against Southampton. Chelsea go away to Oakwell in Barnsley. Everton are home to Tottenham. Swansea, Alex's second favorite team, play at home to Man City. And Leicester play at home to. To Brighton, possible banana skin involving you, Max, against Everton. Uh, it would be typical, really. But uh, I mean,
5: obviously, they have already lost to, to Everton once this season. But um, you know, I mean, he's pro- is probably going to play a strong starting eleven, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Angelo did the same thing. Though I do think they have worse depth, though. It would make more sense to see them play a weaker side, um, especially with the injuries that they've got as well. I mean, I mean, it could go either way, really. Spurs have shown the ability to uh to, to kind of perform poorly in in games they should be winning so you know yeah potential potential for a slip up though uh i i do expect Spurs to to be winning the games in the cup competitions because that's really what we should be focusing on
2: and um obviously we're playing at home to west ham are we gonna go full lloyd uh
4: yeah i i think you probably will i think west ham will probably rotate because the Just because they're they're former oner than league, like they could, they do have the potential now to transfer a a European spot. So I think they'll definitely try and prioritise the league. Uh, But then on the other hand, they could try and look at the FA Cup. So if they can put this form into the cap as well, then you could see him being a Man United as well. And then winning a trophy is obviously, obviously a great achievement. So I don't know, but I I do think Man United, like on paper, they have the better team. So.
2: Hopefully we can get through then. One of the other pick of the ties, Alex, involving, you know, your favourite team, Swansea and Man City. Who are going to come on top there?
3: Hopefully Man City.
2: Who are you going to be supporting? Man City. Despite your criticism of them?
3: Yes. I'd support anyone against Swansea. Anyone. doesn't matter who it is. It could be the Iraqi 11 I'm going for Swansea. I never support Swansea in any game in my living memory. Never, ever, ever, nah. ever.
2: You don't mean that deep down. No, I do. No, I you, do.
3: Love,
2: you love him, really? No, I don't. He does. He's singing hymns and arias all no, way I
3: won't. off no, the I won't.
2: show. He is.
3: I, I wish them nothing but bad luck.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. But also on Saturday was one Premier League game that was rearranged. Obviously, Aston Villa and Newcastle weren't involved in the FA Cup. Aston Villa won two nil. Ollie Watkins scoring after 13 minutes after brilliant following up. Um, winning it in the air and heading it in and then try always won the definition of top corner really to get a crucial three points for Villa are they a team that obviously you know Villa now they've got loads of games in hand where is a, a good finish for them now this season considering the games in hand and form
4: now Lloyd uh, I, I don't know because just because of how packed the top 10 is like at most of these clubs you can see will challenging for the European spot and well, they all deserve it, so it's really hard to try and predict where people are going to finish. It's like if this villa form just drop off a bit, then uh, they probably will finish just outside of Europe. But if they continue this one, then well, you do see them finishing like sixth or seventh.
2: Yeah, so as well certainly interesting with the. Um, as you said, the top ten being so um, tight as well. Obviously, there's a full list of Premier League um, fixtures now, and we're actually recording it during um, some as well. West Ham beating Palace. But the league table after that Aston Villa Newcastle game, I don't know who's top. Do you remind any of you remind me who's top of the Premier League now? No. I'll take that as a, as a note, so I'll, I'll remind you then. Team called Man United, the top of the Premier League. Again, What's that three shows in a row now. We've said uh, Man United, the top, was still not in the title race. Top won 40 points after 19 games. Man City, after 18 games, 38 points. Leicester, in third, 19 games, 38 points. Liverpool dropped down to fourth, only just in the Champions League places. Uh, who thought we'd be saying that this time um, at the start of the season? 19 games, 34 points. Tottenham have a game in hand 18 games 33 points Everton two games in hand often 17 games 32 points West Ham often 19 games 32 Aston Villa in 8 remaining 8 17 games 29 points Chelsea 9 19 points 29 games uh, 20, sorry 19 games 29 points Southampton 10 games played 18 game uh, sorry they're in 10th, 18 games, 29 points. Arsenal in 11th, 19 games, played 27 points. And Leeds, 18 games, played 23 points. Crystal Palace, 19 games, played 23 points. Wolves, 19 games, played 22. Everton, 18 games, played 19. Newcastle, 19 off, 19 points. And Brighton, 17 off, 19. Then Fulham in the bottom three. 12 of 18 and West Brom 11 off 19 and Sheffield United five of 19. So um, Alex, you said that Burnley were in, in a, sorry, weren't in a relegation battle. Who would you say is in a relegation battle, Max and Lloyd?
5: Um, Again, I think obviously Sheffield United nailed on. West Brom, you'd have to say two. Uh, and like, yeah, for me, it, depending on the appointment that Newcastle Newcastle. I mean, obviously they haven't sacked Bruce yet, but if they if they get rid of Bruce and get a new manager, I can see them potentially staying up. But yeah, it, it is Fulham, Brighton, uh, Newcastle. But I think I've I've seen a little bit more from Brighton and Fulham to to suggest that they have something to give. And uh, under Bruce, I really if if Bruce stays, I think I'd probably say Newcastle.
4: And for you, Lloyd? Uh, yeah, I'm exactly the exact same. Like Brighton and Fulham, especially as of recently. Uh, they've actually shown quite a lot of fight to him. You could see them staying up. And I, I'd love for team, like, for them to stay up. Like, like especially with the minds of, like, Scott Parker. Like, he's done really well with them. I think it'd be really good for them to stay up. But then, with the Newcastle side, uh, they just, uh, they've, they've just looked terrible. Like, they didn't create anything, and they concede loads. Like, uh, yes, they're about to maximum at the squad, but uh, how good is he going to be coming back? It's, like, a good few months out he like, really make the difference
2: yeah obviously they brought in Callum Wilson as well um it was a brilliant signing but you know he hasn't been performing um recently as well so it'll be interesting for Newcastle but the midweek games then Crystal Palace West Ham 6pm the same as Newcastle Leeds they've already started it's 2-1 West Ham and 1-0 Leeds against Newcastle at the minute so Newcastle not starting well so we'll Tell you the results of them Um, next show and then Southampton Arsenal at court past eight, the same as West Brom, Man City. Um, and then Wednesday, Burnley, Aston Villa, six o'clock, Chelsea Wolves, six o'clock, Brighton, Fulham at half seven, Everton, Leicester at court past eight, big game there. But the biggest game of the week is at Man United, Sheffield United, court past eight. Then, then there's a small game on Thursday between Tottenham and Liverpool at eight o'clock. All of them are on um, BT Sport. But before we end then, um, Lloyd has been one big transfer this week already, confirmed and that's involving a, um, a player that's been wanting to leave Arsenal for a while. Tell us more. Uh,
4: yeah, after after seven years of service, Mesut Ozil has finally left. And he left Arsenal. Not, not really on the better terms with the whole club, uh, but he's now gone to Fenerbahce uh, on a transfer. Uh, I think I think we're getting a small amount of money from it, and then there's clauses which will then make us receive more money. But he's finally gone uh, after after so long we're trying to get him out, and then uh, it looks like Arteta for some reason the squad finally worked after um, after Emery, Youngberg, and Arteta tries to get out of the squad. He's finally gone.
2: And I think for on the Fanabachi side, I think they were um wanting people to text him when they and donate money to pay yeah. some of his wages alongside um sponsors. But you were also close, and you said earlier to signing um Martin Odegaard, which I think would be a good sign in. And other than that, I think there are a few deals, possibly Ben Techie could be going to West Brom, um Sam Aldice is wanting him there. He um, said the other day as well, but apart from that, I don't think there is is there any any to report in uh, a Cardiff or the uh, EFL that we should know about, Alex.
3: Well, no, it, it was a bit shocking for us. We, we 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 let Harris sign those two players, Waters and um, is it Ng at the back, yeah. and then we sacked him. I'm a bit confused again. So, so I I need to do a bit more research again because I don't even know how Cardiff signed players. Why would you give the manager money and then sack him? It doesn't make. It don't make sense to me. None of it makes sense. Um, you it's think very Mick strange
2: McCarthy, Do you think Mitt McCarthy can bring no offence to them players, but maybe more um, quality, like high-calibre players, like a, a Glen Murray, has been um, set to be recalled from Watford. I, I know QPR were interested in him before. Um, obviously, they signed Charlie Austin, so maybe a Glen Murray. Yeah, someone like that.
3: I think he has got contacts, and I'm not. I'm not going to slag. McCarthy off. I wasn't happy when I when I saw the appointment, but he's only here for six months. And as I said, hopefully, you know, the only player I want, the only manager I wanted on there was Eddie Howe, and it would take him two years to get rid of the style we play. lump it up front, unfortunately. <laughs> and that's that's what we do, and I, you know, I'm not going to deny that. So again, I couldn't see him coming here, but I, yeah, I will give Mick McCarthy a go. I, I think what he will do, he will start shouting at these players, and he'll start getting these players' faces, which I don't think Neil Harris seemed to want to do for whatever reason. So. Yeah, hopefully he will light a fire under some of them, and hopefully we can just start winning and become safe. And I think that's, I, I think that's all we got left to play for now. Is just just not going down really.
2: Not in the FA Cup. Um, well, oh, no. neither no, Arsenal anymore. No. They but um, no, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm not taking the Mickey here, but I think. Well, uh, I think Mick McCarthy is. You know, <laughs> I think it's a good appointment. I think. You know, you could have it.
3: You stop laughing, the three of you, please. I know he's not. You know, he's not a comedy of the show. not a I... comedy club, but you've got to stop.
2: That. <laughs> <laughs> I think. You know, I'm not taking the Mickey, here, but um, Mick McCarthy. You know, I think. <laughs> Okay. Why don't we ask a question,
3: you now? Lloyd, would you swap a t- Arteta for Mick McCarthy? I <laughs>
4: yes, no. No, I would.
3: No, you would. Max, you definitely swap Mourinho for McCarthy, surely.
5: Oh, McCarthy might play be better football, but no. Yeah, here we
3: go, see, so we got Max on board, and you definitely swap Ollie for him because Ollie's a clown. So uh, yes, yeah, you know, of we, course. We, we got, yeah. No, all joking aside, as I said, I,
2: I think he's a good put Okay, you could have had Eddie Howe or somebody, but I, but don't, I think, don't think I, I don't
3: think, don't that, think that was a
2: fit. I don't think he's it. as bad as some people and Cardiff fans say. I think, no, you know, he, okay, he didn't last long in um, Apple. I think in Greece, did there. Um Or sorry, Cyprus. Um, no, I think he didn't last long there. But I think, you know, he's done a good job. Where he's been, Wolves is the prime example when he did well in the Premier League. Yeah. So I, he's not the best appointment you could have gone. I think, you know, I think he's a good appointment actually. Can okay, considering it's the six months, had, I honestly
3: think yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know. Evans says,
6: but he
2: has
3: had a good career. He, you know, he, he has done well throughout his throughout his career. I thought I, I know he had a best up with Roy Keane, but at least he got Ireland to the World Cup, which yeah. with with a squad, it wasn't the best squad. So, yeah, six months, give him a chance. And as I said, I hope he's going to start. because I think the players have just sort of given up. So hopefully they'll he'll do that.
2: Yeah, we'll discuss more on the AFL the show. But I think a few Arsenal fans were on the radio last year and even wanted uh, Mick McCarthy over in IEM as well. So, um, can't be um, that bad. But that's it for this um, week's uh, show. We'll be back in the midweek to talk about the midweek games. But, you know, Cheltenham fell at the final hurdle, not at the race course at their football ground. But Man City just weren't at the races but found a way. So, thank you for listening and goodbye.
6: Give you all to me, I give my all to you, you're my end and my beginning, even when I lose I'm winning, Cause I give you all of me, and you give me all.